Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. Why do you always, if you would just stop doing that, everything would be fine. You make me so mad. What do these comments have in common? They are all forms of blame. And if you engage in it, it will cause problems in your relationships. Why do you do it? And more importantly, how do you stop? Well, that's what I'm going to be talking about today with my guest, James Mapes. He is a sought-after speaker, a coach, an actor, and a best-selling author. He's a true Renaissance man. So, James, thanks so much for being on the show and talking about this. I don't know. Is it, a, is it something that people just don't want to talk about, blame this whole thing? I mean, I'm not quite sure where to, well, where you know, to when put I this. Started, when I started back in the 70s producing theater before I got into running an organization, uh, I, I noticed uh, – and I didn't know how to handle when somebody blamed. They'd blame the electricity. They'd blame the playwright. They'd blame this. They'd blame that. And it just made my stomach go tight. And mm-hmm. as I started coaching, you know, almost 50 years ago, uh, I started to delve into it. And two things that are important for people to understand. When you blame, it comes from fear. Mm-hmm. Now, I should say that, uh, I believe there are only two emotions in life, so that's all my writings and teachings, and they're love and fear. Mm. And anyone who who doubts that could categorize any emotion from hate to jealousy under one of those two. So when people are afraid on a subconscious level, now, right. people don't really understand what that subconscious means, but just for this short interview that will look at it as if there's this little part of you. Uh, I call it the, the rider and the elephant. We're like this little rider on top of this big, unwieldy, uh, emotional elephant. And the elephant's mm-hmm. the subconscious, and we can't control it, but we can influence it. Right. And when it feels fear, then we try to shirk that responsibility or blame because it lets us off the hook, but it really doesn't. Right. So you wrote a piece, a recent piece that appeared on the Good Men Project entitled Seven Steps to Stop the Blame Game, which I love, and you took a very provocative stance that, and I quote, blaming others is an addiction, a habit of faulty thinking, and a cop-out from being held accountable. Whew, strong stuff. Um, so, uh. <laughs> so what led you to this position that blaming has become a plague in, in the world? Well, because the world has become more fear-based. So okay. in, in coaching, I may work with CEOs or politicians or just <clears throat> the average person, but people who come to me, and I don't advertise, it's just mm-hmm. they're seeking to get unstuck from mm-hmm. something. So that could be professionally, a relationship, emotionally. And every, every client that I have, eventually I get them to look at uh, uh, the addiction 
which is because it becomes the comfort zone. And people are probably familiar with the comfort zone. When you become comfortable in blaming, that's the, how do you put it, that's the stance that you take in the world. Mm-hmm. So, and the world has become more fear-based. So I said in the article, I remember something like this, that people blame the weather, politicians, political parties, God. You know, mm-hmm. it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Uh, their partner, I mean, that's the obvious thing, another person. Mm-hmm. But people also hold a lot of grudges. Uh, and I think, as I wrote in the article, I think there's a secret pleasure that they get in blaming because the attempt is to make others suffer hmm. so that they feel righteous. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of the things I talk about with my clients, that if, if you feel less than somebody else, you have two options. You can either work hard to pull yourself up or you can chop them down. And I always say, which is easier? And usually the easier is to chop somebody else down. Yeah. So I, yeah, think I don't that know if you're familiar with Gerald Jampolsky. He pa- passed away recently. But one of my heroes for m- decades, and he wrote a book called Love is Letting Go of Fear. Mm-hmm. And it, it, I've given probably a thousand copies of this away, but there's one simple sentence. Do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Mm-hmm. And I say it all the time to people, and most of the time they get it. And every once in a while, like every year, they want says, both. I'd, rather be, I'd rather be right. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, and yeah, I mean, and, and, and that whole right-wrong thing is, is such a horrible um, pattern because, you know, I mean, I tell people, if you can, if you, the only thing, yes, I'm going to say that two plus two is always going to equal four, new math notwithstanding, I'm sorry, I'm going to argue with them. But, I got it. Yeah, but yeah. Other, than, other than, you know, things like that, most of what people are upset about or in disagreement about or whatever, it's not about the facts. It's their interpretation of the facts. You, you know, you talked about the weather and it's like, we can agree that it's 85 degrees outside. Now, whether or not that's nice or hot or cold or whatever, that, now we're into this world of opinion. But it seems so challenging. And I, and I love that you talked about it being fear-based because what happens when our opinions or viewpoints or beliefs get challenged? Yeah, and I, you know, everybody, again, wants to be right in their opinions. It's funny because I knew a wonderful man who's been a friend, was a friend of mine for years. He's a, <clears throat> I didn't know he was a billionaire until 40 years into our relationship, but he was. He's a, he was the founder of Dan Barry Mint of Collectibles, and he very solid in his beliefs. He was on the National Review. It, it's amazing we were friends. We're opposite <laughs> in our political beliefs, but mm-hmm. toward Later in life, when we were skiing together, he said to me, you know, I can be swayed if the argument is reasonable and it's done without malice or anger. Mm-hmm. I can be swayed. And, it's, and it has legitimate points right. to it. Right. And I was stunned when he said that because, again, I figured he was so opposite of me and my political beliefs, which he, I thought was. Mm-hmm. But he can listen. You listen. And, uh, and you, that honors the other person. As you know, communication is right. mostly listening. So, yes. uh, yeah, and it's, and it's tough for some people who always want to be right. 
So you also say in the article that blame is self-limiting. Can you explain what you mean by that? Well, it's self-limiting because it allows us, by blaming, it, it gives us a, oh, I don't know, the wrong impression, it isn't even, it's deeper than that, mm-hmm. that we don't have to investigate our own faulty thinking. And we, we really, we don't realize that we write the scripts of our life, that, you know, based on our belief systems, what we've been taught. And if people really go back and understand their belief systems are an accumulation uh-huh. Of, of knowledge that may or may not be correct. I remember, this is one of the, the funny things that, that uh, I did as a hypnotist, and I'll make this very brief because then people go, oh, hypnotist. <laughs> uh, but I used, as for 50 years, I've used it as a metaphor for how we create a reality. So let's just, as, here's an example. I'm doing a show for 2,000 people. Uh-huh. I find somebody who's a good subject, or I find 200 people who are good subjects, and during the presentation, which is not a nightclub act, it's actually a theater piece full of lessons, mm-hmm. I will say to this person, when you open your eyes, you won't be re- able to remember the number seven. You can't say it, see it, or hear it, mm-hmm. and you won't remember that I told you that. Now, what I've done for that moment is to establish a a temporary belief system. So they open their eyes. I say, where are you? I'm on a stage in front of an audience. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, good, count your fingers. So this is the only laugh in the demonstration, but they go 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 11. And so it gets a nice laugh, and they look puzzled because they don't understand. They know it's not real, but it doesn't matter. So then I say, I take out $1,000, I put it in front of them, and I say, when I say the word now, the entire audience is going to shout out the total of three and six. If you can tell me what they say, shout, mm-hmm. you can have the $1,000. So the whole audience goes seven. Mm-hmm. They don't move their head. And I will say, so what did you hear? At the most, maybe one out of ten times, they'll say a roar. Most of the time they say nothing. Now, mm-hmm. it even gets better because then I say, okay. I have my assistant come out with a flip chart, and I put another $1,000 out, and I'll say, I'm going to have my assistant write three numbers on the board. If you can tell me what the third number is, the $2,000 is yours. So first one is five, the second one is two, and then my assistant writes a seven, and they, 25% of the time, they don't see a number. 75% of the time, they say, that's not a number you're trying to trick me. Now, wow. understand 38 or 39 years of doing this, right. I've never lost any money. <laughs> what, don't think I'm not nervous, by the way. But right. What's the lesson? The lesson is very simply, we hear what we believe, mm-hmm. we see what we believe to be true. And mm-hmm. that's the way we create our reality. So if something in your life isn't going the way you want it, it isn't about out there in the world. It's about how can I shift what I believe in a more loving and beneficial way for everyone concerned. Wow. So, I mean, it, it's, I mean, because this, you know, we do tell ourselves stories. We do, you know, this is one of those things, and, and, and I do think it is a lot of self-protection. 
um, you know, whether based on fear. And, you know, this idea that um, this person, my partner, my child, my neighbor, who the person in the car next to me, is doing this on purpose to hurt me. And, and that becomes, like you said, that becomes a habit, that becomes a belief system. And it's sort of like your hypnotist example of, you know, people, people will fight the um, letting that go. And it's, it's a really interesting dynamic. And so, you, you, so is that what you mean by that it's self-limiting? Because, you know, because it's like, I just refuse to see this. Right. It's self-limiting because we don't see, uh, now I won't say the truth because right. then the question is what is truth, but we, <laughs> it's very difficult to, to understand and analyze and see and uh, honor another person's point of view. So it limits our ability to be loving right off the bat, mm-hmm. and it limits our ability to be uh, to be, uh, well, I, I don't, I'm trying to figure out another word other than loving, but because it, it sounds too soft, too, too gooey, uh, mm-hmm. but it, but it isn't. It's, it's, yeah, it's honoring someone else. It, listen, everybody in the world wants to be right. Everybody in the world wants their belief systems honored. I go for helping people grow mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and socially without making them crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it isn't about, you know, it's funny, I got a little trick because we're very social in, and because of my profession. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody kind of attacks me and makes me wrong, I've got the perfect answer that shuts off the conversation. You're right. <laughs> I've used it thousands of times. And they go, well, wait, 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 wait does that mean I'm right? right? You're right. You're right. Does that mean you're wrong? No, it nope. means you're right. Mm-hmm. I'm, I never have anybody go that far. Right. But it shuts people up. It's like I believe it's, I call it Aikido communication. Aikido yeah. is a martial art where you use the person's energy against themselves. So if somebody mm-hmm. pushes me, I don't resist. I go backwards and they're going to fall. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's part of my... Um, I don't know, my lessons of communication is Aikido. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I do, do something very, very similar because, you know, it, I was talking about earlier, if you can get there from the same set of facts, then you're both actually correct because we're not arguing facts. We're arguing our interpretation and what those facts mean to us Absolutely. and how the story we're telling. And, you know, and, and it's like when I work with my clients, I don't use right and wrong because that's not productive. But it is about this, you know, this fear of, of being wrong, which we all are at times. I mean, there are things that, I mean, at least maybe you as the Renaissance man, maybe, I don't know, you know oh, everything. Lot, I you. certainly don't know everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the difference is, I don't mind admitting it. I have right. dyslexia. I have a ADHD. So I was raised uh, in my belief system, not my parents. My, they were lovely parents. Mm-hmm. I thought I was stupid as a, as a fence post mm-hmm. because I could, can't spell. Right? I've got a team of people to take care of that. I've written three <laughs> books. I'm on two more. And 
it, it's it's okay. It's I had to accept the fact that I see the world differently, mm-hmm. and it's okay. Right. That's all. It's okay. Yeah. And I think that's a big lesson that most of us could definitely stand to learn. I want to remind people that this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with speaker, coach, actor, and best-selling author James Mate about blame, how harmful it is, and how you can stop doing it. And, you know, quite frankly, blame is easy in a marriage. Because there's another person, you have a built-in scapegoat. But it also does damage. And it gives your power away. So if blame is part of your relationship, you're part of the epidemic that we've been talking about today. And if you really want a healthy, happy marriage that lasts, it really does need to stop. So if you are tired of blaming or of being blamed, I can help. I invite you to take a moment and give me a call or send me an email to schedule your free five-star relationship consultation. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. Or you can reach me by telephone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And now I want to get back to this conversation and find out how we can stop blaming. So, James, you offer some very specific steps to take so that somebody can stop the blame game. Can you share them? Absolutely. I want to, do you know who, uh, well, I'm not going to say do you know because you may not, the poet Erica Jong, who, uh-huh. who wrote Fear of Flying. Fear of Flying. Uh, mm-hmm. And she's, she's been a friend, a client, but more than that, a friend. Mm-hmm. And she gave me a wonderful quote, which I put in the article. You take life in your hands, and what happens? A terrible thing. No one to blame. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I think, I, okay, so one of the first step I really believe is the most important, and that is intention is everything. So if you are aware that you blame, the first step really is, is to make a decision or a private commitment with yourself to stop blaming. That doesn't mean you're going to stop blaming. What it is is the trigger point for you to grow. So just all you have to do is, is a little, you know, when I, when I see clients, I have them sign a one-page commitment page. that uh-huh. I give them two to five assignments from visualization to listening to a recording, whatever. But in, if they don't fulfill the assignment and sign this, I don't give any support at all, which I do free once uh-huh. a client comes to me. So, so, so this is kind of making your own little commitment page. And then, so, it's, so you make the commitment. Why would you make the commitment? Uh, so you have to identify what you th- would get out of it. And first, you have to identify. You don't have to do anything, but right. <laughs> it serves you to identify what is your payoff. What do you get out of it? Right. You know, what is the value that you get expecting others to, to just go along with the script you wrote. You do, what do you learn? How do you grow? So what's the payoff? And the next step is to identify uh, what you experience when you stop blaming. What, what, do you, what do you think you would get out of it? And you've kind of 
mention a couple of them. But my my thing is I've made a commitment to my life. I want more peace. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I make certain choices, including news and all that, mm-hmm. and I want all my relationships to be fulfilling. Now, that means I may have to fire a friend now and then. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done it in my past because I don't have time to take care of everyone, and I do my best, and I want to be free, and I don't want to worry. That's that's another big one. Is free. Okay. you know, worry is also part of the epidemic. Yes, it just isn't necessary. Mm-hmm. And a really, really important one is the step four, which is to pay attention. People don't pay attention often. Mm-hmm. What they do is their mind is living, I'm sure you've said this often, in a dead past or an unborn future. So you have to mm-hmm. be in the present. You have to catch yourself when you're tempted to blame. Take a breath. And it's amazing what a breath will do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then make a different choice or keep your mouth shut. Uh, you know, and step five is when when I have, am tempted to blame, ask yourself, if I couldn't blame, what would I have to feel? This is a tough one. Yeah. And what, what, what am I trying to avoid? What truth am I trying to avoid? This is a, this is, there was a payoff for everything that we do based out of a fear-based choice. We get something out of it. We either, uh, we either avoid doing something or we avoid saying some, something to someone or we avoid, uh, you know, tackling. That's what procrastination is about. And so that's really important to understand. And then and to realize and give yourself permission that this is going to take time. This isn't something you're going to do tomorrow. Uh-huh. Uh, but once you start, I guarantee you within 30 days, you'll, you'll catch yourself. And if you slip up, hey, that's all right. We're, nobody's uh-huh. perfect. I slip up all the time with my <laughs> stuff, uh, especially when I slip into fear now and then. And I don't do it often, but when I do, I have to, I've learned to catch myself. But it happens. It happens to the best of us. Uh, you know, it's like a coach. Uh, a teacher. A teacher teaches that which reminds themselves of what's true. And step seven is, you know, it's it's be gentle with yourself yeah. because compassionate, gentle, as I hope I am with other people. So those are really the seven steps. Well, and, and I really love that last one because I really think that that's a critical component, either either compassion for ourselves or compassion for other people, um, that... You know, I might know something that somebody else doesn't know. That doesn't make me a better human being because they'll know something that I don't know. Um, and and compassion for, you know, I mean, we're talking about blame. And one of the things that I think the reason why people do it is because they don't want to feel the discomfort, the pain of the situation. I don't think as a, I don't think we teach people how to manage those harder those harder feelings that we don't want to feel so i you know so if something goes wrong i'm not responsible you know the dog ate my homework or whatever you know um because i don't want to experience that discomfort in the moment so i put that discomfort onto somebody else 
which of course just creates well, yeah. the Yes, absolutely. Back. And I don't know if you do this as a coach, but I do a lot of forgiveness work. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to self-forgiveness. You know, and I, I think I mentioned in the article, one of the things, one of the points that I wanted to make is that often we blame ourselves. It isn't yeah. always that we blame someone else. Well, blaming yourself is just as, as cruel, mm-hmm. just as harmful, just as fear-based. Well, and sometimes it's actually worse because we are, we say things to ourselves that we would never allow anybody else to say to somebody else, right? And it's really harsh. And I think it does come from that place of what would it mean if I didn't say these things to myself? I mean, I, I do think sometimes, and sorry, I'm, I've got my mother running around in my head, which is always a dangerous thing, um, where she, went, you know, she said to me on more than one occasion in my life, what makes you think you can do that? And, yeah. you know, and so, it's kind of, you know, so, so I do that to my, you know, it's like, thank you, let me just put that in my recording loop. And, you know, anytime I start to think I'm good at something, it's like, you know, here comes that, I don't know if it's blame or whatever it is, but it's like, yeah, that's not a true statement. And, you know, these things are really damaging. And, you know, if we're doing it to ourselves, there's a, you know, you, there's a chance it's going to slip out. And, you know, and momentarily I might feel better because I'm putting the blame on somebody else. And, and it, it's really hard sometimes to step up and be a responsible human being. Well, it's a, you have to have courage. Courage is extremely important. Uh, I have a friend of mine years ago. He was my manager uh, for 37 years. And, and he, he said, how in the world can you have five careers at once? It isn't <laughs> that I'm an actor who gave acting up to become a clinical hypnotist, to become a performing hypnotist, to become a corporate speaker and teamwork. It's that I do all these things. So I said to him, because no one told me I couldn't. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my, uh, if I wanted to put something on a T-shirt, right. that's it. Well, I mean, and, and, and you find out, I mean, you, you know, a lot of people do just that. It's just like, well, I didn't know I, didn't know I couldn't do it this way. You know, and, but again, that's about other people's comfort level expectations i guess even their own fear and and i you know i i love your description that we basically have two emotions and i'm curious and it's a little off topic but not really um where would you put shame under fear how does how does that well it is it is shame is a fear-based emotion Uh what is shame and now it shames a big one by the way Mm -hmm. But mm-hmm. what is shame? Can you define it? That's a tough one because yeah, it is. it's yeah. Pe- yeah because people just assume shame is shame, but it has a lot to do with uh, sexuality. It has to do with I don't do enough in the world. Yeah, it has enough. to do with I don't deserve. Mm-hmm. It has to do with uh, I don't contribute enough. Uh, and and it, and usually it has to do with comparing yourself to someone else. Otherwise. Mm-hmm. Well, unless, of course, you were raised in <laughs> certain religions, and people ask me, what am I? Well, I was raised as a Christian, but, and I say, but, I am a spiritual person. 
and and I have traveled the world probably five times. I've gone to India. I've studied there. I've studied Taoism. Uh, I've studied everything, and I t- I borrow a lot from mm-hmm. Buddhism, and and I borrow the good stuff because at the center and the core of all religion, before it gets that the bad stuff is right. love, compassion, and service. Sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, do and, you know if you feel shame, do something for someone else. And and mm-hmm. I try to once a day. I have a commitment. I make one phone call because people to someone, mm-hmm. a friend, an acquaintance, someone who I haven't spoken to in a while, because. It makes me feel good, but more than that, you have no idea what it means to the person on the other end. I just had, I would say, mm-hmm. three weeks ago, uh, something, I won't say what, but I just, I just texted someone, and I said, listen, take it easy on yourself. You're a friend of mine, and, you know, just forgive yourself for what happened. And I, I thought it just went by the wayside. Uh-huh. And then he told me, he said, you don't know uh-huh. what that simple text meant to me. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, and it's, and it's this idea that, you know, and, and I, I say this to my clients, and, and when I say it to my clients, I'm actually also saying it to myself. Is of that course. We all have worth simply because we are. We don't have to earn it, but that's what a lot of us try to do. And I think this is where blame comes in, where it's like, well, if I fall short, you know, this is vulnerability, this is all of this, you know, this is courage, this is if I fall short, what does it mean for me to acknowledge that? And, and, and you know, but again, at first it's painful, you know, it's like, well, oh, I, it I messed up, you know, um, you know, even though, even though I didn't intend to mess up, I still messed up. And, and what would help me acknowledge that? So that's the, that's the final question that I have is what else can people do to break this unproductive habit of blame? Is, is there anything well, else I, you recommend? I couldn't find any other steps, but I just recalled as you were talking uh, one of my definitions of courage is uh, fear makes you wet your pants. <laughs> courage motivates you to do what you have to do with wet pants. <laughs> so, <laughs> you'll be listen. I've, I oh. I impressed myself from skydiving to ballooning. Mm. Paul Newman talked me in. Well, he threw, he didn't talk me in, but he shamed me into race car driving. Ah. Shame. And <laughs> and uh, and I've probably done diving, a couple hundred dives. All these things taught me a lesson about risk taking, about the payoff. And I go back. You've got to want to change to change. Nobody can make you change. Right. You've got to. Why do people come to you? Why do people come to me? Because they want to change. That's why I do what I, the way I do. It's all word mm-hmm. of mouth. Mm-hmm. You know, so I know I'm halfway there when somebody <laughs> gives my office a call. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Well, I mean, and it's, you know, I mean, and, and it is one of those things where, where many of us say we want to change, and then we get into it, and we get into that, well, this is hard, and it's uncomfortable, and I feel bad. And they fall um, back into what I mentioned sure. before, a habit. 
Yeah. Yeah. You, that's the whole point. Is you, this is a habit. Blaming is a habit. Mm-hmm. And if you want to change a habit, it's, it's, it's so funny because I, I have no shame in what I'm about to tell you. But for probably a couple of years, I love to drink. I just love to drink. Mm-hmm. So I, oh, during the COVID and all this stuff, I'm still productive. doesn't bother me. But I'll have a martini and a half, two martinis, seven nights a week. <laughs> well... I couldn't fit in any of my clothes, and I'm a pretty, and I'm I'm very tall. Uh I've always been in great shape, so I went. Wait a minute, Mm -hmm. this is nuts, and I don't want to quit. I don't want to quit drinking. I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I like it. You know, a friend of mine who is, he said, "Well, what do you get out of it?" I said, "Well, it's the taste, it's the feeling, and it's a habit." She said, "Ah, no, the ritual." So. I now, today, I've lost 24 pounds because I had to change by having, instead of a martini, I have a a cup of strong coffee about 5 or 5.30 when I read the three newspapers, and I give myself permission. If I go out once a week, I give myself permission. Well, it's been really hard for Mm -hmm. two months, but you know what? It took me two months to get there and say, I can tell you this because... It's now a new habit for me. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's, yeah. Yep. I mean, no, and, that, and that's what people, you know, and, and again, you, you it, what's, what's the expression? Rome wasn't built in a day. I mean, you know, yeah. it, it's, it's taking a, a step every single day, and whether or not it's a big step or a small step, you know, or maybe today I don't even have the energy to move forward. It's just I'm not going to go backwards. But it, it really is this idea of, about making a choice and then, you know, taking, you know, doing all the things you were talking about. And the first one is so important. It's just that making that decision that you want to do this differently. So, but when James, the passion comes, yeah. the passion comes if you take a step backwards. We all do. Sure. And then you go, oh, look at that. Isn't that, well, I got this little saying that I teach people about changing their self-talk, is to stop, look at their thought, and say, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. Because there's no judgment, and it gives you time to reframe your thinking. Right. Yeah, I I have a friend who says, just pause and say, hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it works. Same Same thing. That That works. So, James, can you tell people where they can learn more about you, your philosophy, how to break, you know, how to create better habits, um, and and end and end the plague of blaming? Sure. Um, first of all, you can Google my name, James Mapes, M-A-P as in Peter E-S, and you'll have lots and lots of choices. Uh, and if you go to my website, www.jamesmapes.com, I do every month, it's what you read, I do what I call an almost monthly, monthly newsletter. <laughs> because sometimes it's five weeks, six weeks, right. and sometimes it's three weeks. And you can sign up, no charge. I don't sell any product or anything. Um, and all my books, everything is on my website. So the two books, the bestseller is Quantum Leap Thinking, An Owner's Guide to the Mind. And mm. my last book was called Imagine That, Igniting Your Brain for Creativity and Peak Performance. And it's the only hardbound book with 21 video links 
of wow. me coaching in four to six minute segments and a stress reduction exercise and a forgiveness exercise. Oh, I love that. So, you know, most of us believe in accountability until it's us that needs to take it. And the truth is, as you've been hearing today, we all make mistakes, but not owning them makes the situation worse. Do that too often and your relationships will suffer. So how do you feel when someone blames you? What allows you to blame others? What would it take for you to take real accountability for your actions? And like breaking any habit, it can be difficult at first, but gets easier the more you do it. So my question is, what do you need to do to get started? And hopefully one of the things that you want is to have a better marriage, better relationship. And one of the things that I hope you make a habit of is listening to this show. And until next week, stay loving. <laughs>